Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, Maridistas? This is Kian Sobani. It is Friday, September 1st. Hey, that's deadline day. So why am I putting up podcast clips instead of working and dealing with a flurry of activity on the on the deadline day transfer window closing? Well, I cover Real Madrid, not Chelsea. That's why. So enjoy today's clip. It's from this week's mailbag. Jose Perez filled in for Lucas Navarrete, who was traveling the USA. We answered a bunch of questions, and this clip is a question about whether or not we should have signed Harry Kane instead of waiting for Kylian Mbappe. That answer is coming up, and you probably won't get this in time if you're listening to this, actually, but we are doing a live Zoom call in about one hour or so, and if you want access to our weekly Zoom calls, and this will be an interesting one because it's about deadline day and Riamja's lack of transfers and who knows, maybe there will be a surprise in there at the last second, but I doubt it. Um, but access to that and all of our weekly live Zoom calls, including this full mailbag, which goes up every week, that's all over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. Thanks for listening, and here's the clip. So we're going to answer questions, and the first question is from Daniel Smith on Discord. Daniel says, let's talk about this Mbappe mess. I don't know the ins and outs of everything going on, but... Was it Perez's decision, the boards, to only go for Mbappe and nobody else as far as the attacking line is concerned? Was that even something they were truly considering? How was that possible? Does the club not have as much money as is perceived? Is more money tied up in the stadium renovation than previously reported? I can't wrap my head around how this club didn't try for Harry Kane, which fills the Benzema role perfectly and instead kept hoping for Mbappe. Now Mbappe has renewed. So what does the club do now? Uh, Just want to intervene there. He hasn't, Daniel, not yet anyway. Um, Back to the question. It's clear Mbappe has been using Real Madrid for years to get what he wants. He was never coming. It's inexcusable for a club like this to not reinforce the the attack. Shameful, actually. Not sure how the players feel because they will be professional about it. But as fans, I think it's a slap in the face to the other players, too, because you're wasting away prime years of some of our players not to mention the final year of Modric and Cruz, by not trying to help strengthen the team to win trophies. So frustrating. 
Jose, what are your thoughts on this whole uh, mess? Oh, that's that's an interesting one, because like if we go if we go back in time like this really all starts kind of uh, after the 2019 transfer window, um, the things that worked, a lot of what didn't work there, the club took lessons from that experience, combined that with the uh, with the pandemic and the decrease in income, combine that with the stadium renovations and we get. Uh, this whole cocktail that turns into what's been the club's transfer policy for the last three, four years or so, where it seems like we only do like four different kinds of transfers, more or less. So one, like paying like record, well, not necessarily record, but pretty high fees for young kind of almost certified world-class players. I mean, by the time that we sign guys like Tromeni, uh, or Bellingham, they were already, they're not just young prospects. They're already performing at a near world-class level, if not world-class already. We want That's kind of the thinking also behind the Mbappe signing. That's one. Type number two, the kind of bets, like kind of affordable bets on really high-ceiling prospects, like guys that could turn world-class, Kamavinga, Arda Guller, and so on. Then we have the free transfer opportunities. And then, uh, let's say, players on loan that come back and return, like, say, like Brahim. And that's basically the four kinds of signings that the club has been doing the last three to four years. And it seems that anything outside that scope is just not permitted. Uh, and that's really what has been guiding the club's transfer policy. And it's why the club look at looks at options like Harry Kane and says... We're not going to pay this fee for a 28-year-old who's not going to have any resale value after the awards and that we're going to lock into this massive contract. Like It's a guy that if, if it doesn't work out, we won't be able to get rid of him in his 30s. That's kind of the law. And, and with this, I'm not trying to justify or say that what the club is doing is right or wrong, but it's just this is the mindset that the club has been having over the last few years. And... I guess my main criticism of that is just that it does sometimes feel like the club is too rigid in this policy and there's like no room uh, to deviate to deviate from that. Uh, the, re- the reasons why, uh, like I mentioned, 2019 window where the club made certain bets like uh, Luka Jovic that didn't quite pan out. Um, and also just the current financial climate where it seems like the club is very afraid of taking, like, say, these bets on player. Uh, like, they don't want to. T- it's almost like they don't want to take another bet on a Luka Jovic, for example. Like, they they don't want to get a player that is good, but maybe not going to be world class. And then they don't want to make that kind of signing right now with the current financial climate. They don't want to take that uh, that risk, and they also don't want to take the risk of another Assad transfer, like a world class player, but who's already like a bit on the wrong side of the H curve. And that's uh, that's the summary of it. And that's what it boils down with this Mbappe thing. Like the club has, for the club, like the, the option, like the most sure option in terms of performance and what they want for future building of the squad is Mbappe. And they're very rigid in that that's the only option they want. Of course, uh, the problem is that especially with the case of Mbappé, it's such a huge transfer that it conditions 
the entire, the rest of the transfer policy. So uh, that's kind of my whole view on the uh, on it. That's how the club views it. I do sometimes wish that the club were less rigid on its current policy. This is a that's a really good summary of events. I think you encapsulated what the mindset has been in terms of the transfer ideologies and what Ramjet have been looking in terms of their player profile, what their requirements are, what are the the players they want to look at kind of off limits as someone who doesn't fit their vision of of a young player um who can kind of grow with the team and is and is kind of like bordering on the star level like Kamavinga. And obviously Bellingham, who is a superstar already. But the one I keep, and obviously I think the club, I want to go, first of all, before we get to the um, the Kane discussion, I, I'm actually interested in exploring that a little bit more. But um, going back to the original question, like was, uh, does the club not as much, have as much money as perceived? I guess I'll put it this way. If, if PSG called Real Madrid today and said, "All right, put a bid in," we'd have the money ready. We'd we'd put a bid in. So we have that money, but it's uh again like when you're looking at a level of player like Mbappe, the question is always like, okay, if you can't get him, um, why are you so hesitant to spend that money that you do have? And I think you brought up these previous examples of mistakes, but like, look, everything is a risk. Um, yep. And so not signing someone is a risk. Signing an older Harry Kane is a risk. Like those are both two risks you have to weigh out. Um, and again, like, I think this is, um, I think Daniel brings up good points here when he brings up wasting players peaks or the last year of Waterton and Cruz. Cause to me, whether you want to wait for Mbappe or not, like somebody like Harry Kane immediately puts you into contention. I think you're already a contender on some on many levels, but you're still missing that guaranteed score. So the question is, having discussed all of the, I guess, rigid ideologies of rarely, rarely signing an older player like 29, 30 and up, and Harry Kane may, may not have fallen that role, or maybe he was, up until a certain point being considered, up until they realized this whole Mbappe PSG drama, maybe there's a sliver of hope that by the end of the window, PSG get desperate enough to to call and sell. Because we know Real Madrid have still not made an approach, and that's why I'm so skeptical of a deal happening now. And you know, that goes without saying. But if you want to all of a sudden put together a negotiating process with PSG on the last day of the window, it's gonna be not easy to do. Um but going back to the hurricane thing. Where do you stand on that? Um, should the club have just gone for him? Regardless of his age, you know, possibly missing out on Mbappe, etc. The Kane question, I always like, I'm always flipping in that one day, I think maybe should have done it. Other <laughs> days it's like, nah, not worth it. But it's because, of course, I think both... From my perspective, a bit like the club, I still have like a bit of that uh, Asarta trauma. I've seen other players like Lukaku, like where you do this big signing for like this 28, 29, 30-year-old attacker that uh, is at that point seems to be at their peak. 
and then turns out that okay, conditions change. Uh, maybe at maybe the previous years that player had already extracted like m most of the performance that they had in them career wise, and then it turns out it doesn't work. Like it is a risk, um, and a lot of it like, and it is true that all of this comes down to like risk assessment because I think. The club's risk assessment is different from our assessment. It's different from the fans' assessment because it seems like uh, a lot of fans are doing uh, the assessment on the, on the basis of like we want to win now, and and that is usually the demand uh, at Real Madrid. So it, it makes sense that, that that will often be our risk uh, assessment. So if you want to if you wanted to win now, yeah, Harry Kane seems like the best option. Uh, then if you look, of course, at the long-term vision, then there was the whole, okay, so where do we fit turtles here? Um, it's, I find it complicated. I do find it quite complicated. Uh, at some point though, um, yeah, I think today I woke up more on the side of maybe we should have done the hurricane thing. Um, and if, and if you miss out on Mbappe because of it, well, it's just like at some point I do wish the club had put like kind of a harder stop to that, like a harder stop to Mbappe of like to is like do like are you gonna come now or not? And if you don't, then we're out. But it looks like the club is not willing to do that because they still prioritize Mbappe so much that they're basically they're gonna put him over all other kind of squad planning. So, um. So yeah, for me, I still think that especially given uh especially given the fact that I don't know how much can Mbappe's word be trusted at this point. It's like, is it gonna come next year? Who knows, honestly. Um so, so it might have been better to just go for the world class option that was already there. And it what it's quite clear is that for what what is quite clear is that for performance right now, uh, aside from Mbappe, Harry Kane was the best option. Yeah, if you um, like it, between the two, Mbappe and Harry Kane, if you ask me, like who's the better player? Who's the the player who would be better suited for your future? You know, for the next, you know, uh, seven seven years, let's say. Mbappe is the better player and also the better future player, bet better bet for the future, but but Kane is still what a top three striker in the world probably on his day, yeah. and he's got what three years at least left. So we're not talking about a downgrade from Mbappe to to Jovic, <laughs> mm -hmm. it, you know. It's a it's not a huge downgrade, and you're talking about like your specific needs and your skill set trying to replace an irreplaceable Karim Benzema. It doesn't get much better than that. So I guess mm -hmm. like you know this and this goes back to your point about maybe we shouldn't be so rigid with these rules. A 29 year old Harry Kane's different from a 29-year-old Eden Hazard. Like, we have to use our judgment in this. Yep. From, from a character standpoint, from a work ethic standpoint, from the ability to take care of yourself in the offseason and age more gracefully, I have way more faith in Kane doing that. So I think all of those things should have been considered. And what's the worst-case scenario? You sign him, and then all of a sudden, Mbappe says he can come 
and you can't put the money together for both this summer. I have been of the belief for a while that I think Kane and Mbappe can exist tactically, coexist. Like, let's say if you got Mbappe for, for free next season and you got Kane this summer, you could just shift a, to a 4-3-3 or, or whatever hybrid and then put Bellingham in midfield, Vinny on the left, Holland up top, and Mbappe not on the right wing, but someone who makes, you know, it's just a very left-sided heavy attack. It kind of like what, what it is with Rodrigo now. He doesn't provide us with symmetry either. I think it can work. So, but that might be a different discussion. Like we don't have either of these guys. So I don't, it's, you know, we're not, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a hypothetical of both who cares, but we don't have either of them right now. Um, I just, I, I think it, I said it at the time I would have went for him, but in hindsight, I feel like it's, it's, it looks even worse that we didn't try to go for Kane. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.